Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Sprint to Profit for Amazon Sellers podcast. It's Kirsty and Isaac from Real Coaching here again to help you get some invaluable insights about how to succeed long-term on Amazon by creating a cash-generating business that puts money back into your pocket instead of flying out the window. And this week, we're actually going to be speaking with an actual mentor of ours, Yannick Silver, the author of Evolved Enterprise and founder of Maverick 1000, about creating business that actually impact the world around you in a positive way so you can build a business that is transformational and not just transactional. Yeah, that's right. So welcome, Yannick, to our show. Thanks for coming on today. It's awesome to yeah. see you. Thanks, Kirsty. Appreciate it. Thanks, Isaac. Yep. No, no worries. And um, we're going to obviously jump into all the cool stuff about how to create impact with our businesses. I think it's going to be an interesting area, especially for Amazon sellers, because I think once we first start the business, it's we're really all about that first product, right? Really all about thinking about, well, can I actually make money with this business? Um, but I think, you know, the, you've been a mentor of ours. Isaac and I actually met at a Maverick event. We met at Camp Maverick. Yep. And then obviously we created Real <laughs> Coaching from there, which is quite funny. So that, that was good. We, I think it was a silent disco we bonded over, Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously Yannick as well was instrumental in helping us coming up with our brand vision for Real, Real Coaching. So that's yep. awesome as well. And so I just want to understand and help you know, the people listening understand a little bit more about you. Obviously, you've done a lot in terms of entrepreneurship, helping entrepreneurs as well. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about your journey of becoming yeah. an entrepreneur and helping others. Sure. Uh, I've been at this for, I don't know, 20 plus years and and got started very early on actually working in a family business. So my dad had a medical equipment sales and service company, uh, we're a Russian immigrant family. So he ended up starting that really early after coming here. And at 14, I was telemarketing. At 16, I was cold calling because the only way I got a car was I'd go out and cold call doctors. That was our deal. And it really, really sucked. And uh, it was actually a doctor client of mine that gave me a Jay Abraham tape and kind of like turned the lights on about, oh, this is fascinating. I could, you know, talk to doctors without actually having to knock on doors and, and only talk to the ones that are interested. And that actually helped grow our business from like a little regional player to a national player when I just dove into it like, head first about how do you use direct response and copywriting and so forth um, and studying that for an hour or two hours a day and so forth. And then the internet was like a very fledgling kind of thing back then. And I'm like, Oh, this is really, really interesting, but uh, I don't, I don't know what I can do with it. And literally at three o'clock in the morning, I woke up with this idea for something called instant sales letters and they're little fill in the blank sales letter templates that, um, that then turned into my first million dollar product. And people are like, Oh, how did you do that? Could you teach me how to do that? which then turned into me kind of similar, I think, to, to you two, which, you know, you've been successful on Amazon. People are like, wow, can you help me do that? Which turned into a whole nother career. And then about 12 years ago, I asked a really simple question, which was, am I happy? Would I be happy doing what I'm doing 10 years from now? And the real answer was, was no. I just felt there was a bigger impact. And, and that led to this whole journey of, of creating this evolved enterprise framework uh, by almost going out of business, um, but by being mentored by a lot of you know, well-known icons, but then also uh, some some unknown people that had all pieces of this puzzle. And, and really right now I talk about helping entrepreneurs, especially those that are successful, but are thinking about, okay, is there something more, is there something bigger? And helping them connect their head, which is their business side, marketing side to their heart, which is the impact they want to make in the world. And then their higher purpose, like why, why are you even here? 
And I think it's all interconnected. And Isaac, as you mentioned at the beginning, moved from transactional to transformational. And then he's in even another layer, which is transcending. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we use our business to go beyond what, what business can be? And, and I think all of it is possible. And it doesn't mean sacrificing your bottom line. Contrary, I think it's actually improving it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think um, one thing that um, we hear a lot of, especially from members, is they want to have that piece, right? They want to be able to create an impact, but they don't really know how to even bring that in when they're first starting their business. So it'd be awesome. We can like dive into a bit of that later today. Yeah, for sure. So to me, it always starts with you as the founder for the most part. It it all, well, it depends, right? So for Amazon sellers, there's, there's kind of like two ways that I look at the cause. So in the framework, the evolved enterprise framework, it always starts with you. And, and so it's usually a deeper dive into, you know, what is your own unique skill set? What, who, what are you about? Like, what is the the pain in the world that you want to help alleviate, uh, looking at stories about that. And then also like diving deep into your own shadow work, like, you know, stuff that you might not want to share in, in public or on those, you know, on, on the social feeds and so forth. But, but that all is part of this, this journey when we start looking at how do we make a bigger difference and impact, because it can be very glossy sort of one dimensional, or you can really look at it from an entire holistic view. And, and that's a never ending process. I mean, that constant evolution of, of you and so forth. Um, and, and most entrepreneurs originally don't even realize that that business is, is probably one of the biggest, I don't know, almost like spiritual journeys that you can go on because it forces you to, to look at everything in, in your life, your, your health, your relationships, uh, you know, your relationship with money, your, you know, it's just everything. Um, and, and so it's fascinating to see how that develops. And then the next layer out is the cause, which is what is the impact you want to make in the world. And, and so, you know, you can look at it from a very uh, one dimensional lens where, you know, maybe you have a lot of different brands and a lot of products and you're like, okay, what, what do my customers really want? What do they want to see done in the world? And then you can line that up with, with them, or it can be from your own personal, this is what I care about. And we're going to integrate, integrate that into our, our business. So it can be done in, in both ways. Uh, and then there's a lot of ways of doing it where, you know, there's some ways that feel almost like we just added them on and as an afterthought and other ways that feels even more integrated. And, and we'll, I think we can talk about all of them because they're all options are all good. Uh, and then the more you, the more you layer on the integrity, the authenticity of it, the genuineness of it, I think the more it helps in all, all aspects. I really like that piece because I think, um, you know, I think, first of all, when we think about these things, I think most people want to have that impact, but they just have no idea where to even right. start, right? And so you think you have to be so evolved that you're, you've got this grand purpose in life and you've, you've got to, that's the thing that you want to change in the world. Whereas I think most people are like, I want to do some good. I just don't even know where that start is. So, so that's good that you kind of brought those things together. Because I think in the end, you might not ultimately achieve a massive higher purpose per se but you've made impact and i think that's that's what you're talking about here as well yeah exactly isaac do you want to add something well i was just gonna say i kind of want to like break this down kind of systematically because you know a lot of people listening are probably thinking yannick what the heck are you talking about what's a transformational business right like yeah I not understand quite exactly what this terminology means you know we obviously worked with you a little bit in the past and, and kind of understand these things, but can you kind of explain, you know, there's, there's the transactional, which a lot of people get, you, you, somebody buys something from you, pays you something for a product or service, right? That's, that's pretty clear. And, and there's not much brand loyalty. There's not much interaction. Yeah. There's nothing that really happens. You're kind of competing on 
price for the most part, or maybe some other benefit that's easy to copy. Yeah, exactly. So it's literally, you're just trying to treat the customer well, but beyond that, there's no real yeah. deeper relationship, right? So can you explain how you basically can think about going from transactional to transformational and then yeah. kind of layer on how it actually can help somebody grow their business? Sure. Uh, so transformational to me is that next level up, which is literally the identity of anyone that's uh, associated or, or touched by the business uh, gets impacted. So it's, it's you know, I think examples are, are a great way. And, and most people, when they start thinking about, you know, this idea of evolved enterprise or, or for benefit business or conscious capitalism or, uh, you know, social enterprise, they might think about something like Tom's, which is, you know, a somewhat well-known example now. And, and that's also potentially an issue where so many people are like, well, we need to do this same thing. We're going to do um, like with Tom's. So Blake had this idea of like, we're going to sell a pair of shoes and we're going to give away a pair of shoes to uh, to a child in need somewhere else, which actually turns into an amazing marketing uh, campaign, you know, to be, to be frank about it. And it's, it's, it works really, really well. And, and then they can also point to this, what I call an impact scoreboard in the Bob enterprise. So it's like, we've given away, you know, 30 million pairs of shoes and, you know, Blake. So I interviewed him a couple of years ago on stage uh, at this one event. And, and like, you know, he would tell you that they never expected to be as successful and that's turned into its own logistical issue and, and taken away marketplace from, from local businesses and so forth. But what's, you know, but he'll say, okay, you know, we've given away 30 pairs of shoes, 30 million pairs of shoes, because now byproduct of that is they've sold profitably sold 30 million pairs of shoes. So it's like a really fascinating way of looking at it. And then their, their everyone who bought a pair of shoes is transformed because they feel like they've, you know, had a difference and a hand in making a difference now to, to a child in need. So that's a way of making it a little more transformational. Everyone involved, obviously, you know, the team members can get excited about the number of shoes given away. They're, they're vendors. They're even like the, you know, they were able to get into Nordstrom's, uh, which was a very big uh, distribution for them because of that halo effect of the impact that they had. Um, and, and that's, you know, also another great part about this is you can find new partners, influencers, icons, that would would work with you because of the impact that, that you're going to have and and are doing. So that's sort of one example of it. Um, and 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 again, there's I and I, th I have eleven different impact models in the book where we go into a bunch of different ways of thinking about it. And and you want to think a little more holistically as well. So if, if you know, I I can work well maybe with an exact product too. If you you say, hey, here's here's a product. Here's here's how I think about it. it might be a good way of, of working through it. Sure. Um, well, I'll tell you what I have a I have a member who's actually working through this. He's he's kind of doing a spinoff. It's not directly related to a current brand or company, but he's actually doing uh, a company where he's doing sunglasses. But every sun every purchase of sunglasses is uh, has going to have profit go to wildlife. Um, it's going to be basically to benefit the um, preservation of endangered species like snow leopards, that kind of stuff. So that's what he's working towards. And nice. essentially he's really passionate about animals. Great. And so does each line of, of sunglasses go to a different animal or is it? Yeah. So exactly thing? right. So, okay. so one will have like leopard print, one will have like whatever, yeah. like whale skin or rhino skin or something like that. And it'll, yeah. it'll look like the, the animal plus that'll go towards uh, that endangered species. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a, a great way of, of utilizing it because now it's a little more integrated into the product. Um, the other cool thing about it is you want to create, I, I call them these conversation crutches. 
that maybe you can get people, you know, stopping you and be like, wow, those are really cool sunglasses. Be like, yeah, yeah, they're really neat. They're, you know, whatever the brand is, or they can be, have the conversation about, yeah, you know, also it helps preserve snow leopards or whatever. Like you want, you want them to be able to share the story in these little bite-sized ways that, that they can then translate it. And, and so they're already doing something really powerful, which is there's a visual, visual sort of, you know, piece that's going to kick in. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're showing the, the impact that is tied to a particular uh, version of, of each of the sunglasses. So they're doing it really well. Um, you know, the other way that you might think about it too is what happens. So I become a buyer. How do I move from being a buyer to being part of a community in some way? So that's sort of the outer layer is, is we, we had you and we had cause. And then this next circle out is, is actually three parts. It's the creation itself. So the product or service. So how do we layer in bake in that impact, which, which, you know, with these sunglasses they're doing per, per individual piece, uh, how do we create a community of, of customers that want to become zealots and advocates for you? And then how do we create culture within our organization? And so that community can then get formed around, um, you know, like it's, for instance, like the reviews you'll start seeing when you're doing this right, the reviews start changing. It's not just about the product. It's about, I feel really excited to be part of this greater mission. Uh, and, and I know that I'm, I'm part of something bigger or whatever the case is. Like, uh, I remember I, I was looking at this one, it was a very small company out of Florida and they took like, I think like 20% of their profits or something and, and donated it to uh, sea turtle, uh, foundation research kind of stuff. And, but it was really cool because they're selling like little rings and little hoodies and things with like turtle designs and almost every review had the product is cool. Like you have to have a really good product. So you can't like suffer on the product side. You can't have a really crappy product. You still have to do the great job of the product. But then if you have that impact tied to it, it just accelerates everything because then they're like, yeah. And I told all my friends, or I was excited to be, you know, that I knew that my purchase went to help sea turtles or whatever. So you'll start seeing the conversation change. And then you can also turn that into more of a community that, that has a bigger picture in mind. Yeah. I do have like kind of a, a follow-up question to this because there's going to be people out there who see the, the impact and the success that a company like Tom's has, for example, Tom's the shoe company. Um, and then they're going to say, well, I'm just going to mimic that because I want to make more money. And essentially it's not for them about the impact. They're just like, okay, well, I'm going to pick a charity just because a lot of customers are going to like to buy that. It's to make them feel good, but to them, it might not actually make a difference. What do you say to people who are kind of thinking like that when it comes to building the business? You know, I'm, I'm an advocate for all good is good. So mm -hmm. it's like, you're going to get some, there, there is some good that happens from it, which is fine. Um, and again, that's why, you know, at the beginning, it's like, which way do you want to go? Is it something that you personally really care about because you're going to resonate with it? Or is it something that you know your customers will? And as long as it's done in this genuine way, because when you start going down this path, there's more transparency. Uh, you know, obviously we're more interconnected than ever today. Um, and, and companies that are going down this route, uh, they, you know, you want to be aware, like your, your customers are not dumb, right? They, they, they want to be a part of something uh, and they also want to, uh, they want to make sure that it's real. They want to make sure that there's a genuineness to it, that they can trust you and that it's not just this fake facade. Um, and, and so, you know, it, even if you don't care about animals as much as, you know, let's say children or whatever it is, but you know that the animal thing is going to be better for your 
end user, I think it's still okay, but it's got to be done again in this way that is really, really genuine. And, and maybe that means hiring people on the team that are really passionate about animals as well so that they can use that passion and to fuel the marketing and to fuel the other pieces of it. So, so I don't think it's, it's an absolute no, no. When I do think it's, uh, it gets in your way and it actually can backfire on you is when it's just done in a way that has no congruency, no congruency. And for instance, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken a couple of years ago did this thing called the Pink Buckets of Chicken, and they were donating 50 cents to the Susan G. Komen Foundation. So they worked out a deal with them. And I'm like, asking my friends, I'm like, I don't get it. And they're like, well, they sell breasts of chicken. This is breast cancer. I'm like, oh, but then it was like, uh, you know, diets high in saturated fat have been linked to cancer and it just, you know, had no integrity there. So yeah. it, it had this massive backlash on, on social media. So it's got to be done in a way that that really makes sense. And now also you're going to start digging deeper. And, and look, all of us can continue digging further and further, maybe into our supply chain, further and further into what we do. I, I look at businesses that we have like five lever points, but you're going to keep going deeper. So like this friend of yours that's, you know, creating the sunglass line, imagine if they're looking at their packaging and, and or, or, or a customer looks at it and be like, you know what, you're actually destroying the habitat of these animals because of this packaging, which is not that far-fetched. So you have to be ready and willing and, and be, you know, have the uh, consciousness to know, okay, this is the bigger picture. Like we can't be saying this and, and messing up this over here. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I totally remember that um, KFC example as well. And in, when I was in Australia at the time, they were doing that promotion and sponsoring the cricket, which again, to me is weird. It's, it's you know, sport with junk food. I mean, that happens a lot anyway, when you're sponsoring, there's a lot of junk stuff that sponsors sports, which is kind of weird, I think. But yeah, for sure. Donald's and Coca-Cola sponsor like NBA players and stuff yeah. like that. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's not, I, you know, do those guys really eat that kind of stuff maybe on a rare occasion but no they're taking good care of their own nutrition and so forth and, and that's you know part of my big mission is like how do we raise consciousness through the leverage of business because i think when when that consciousness is increased then these things that we might not even know like we look at long term uh decision making it's not just quarter by quarter or month by month or whatever it is it's it's like oh like there was a big thing, um, you know, so I mentioned the habitat being destroyed, right? Um, and I can't remember where I saw it, but they were looking at packaging. And then there was a big, um, like like consumers were, were just demanding that you need to change this packaging. And it's fascinating because the package company themselves is not going to probably change. But if their customers are demanding it and, and who's going to change it, the customers, their, their customers are going to demand it, right? Like, so the end user has to demand it from the brands and the brands who are the buyers of these packages then become the, the, the drivers of, of that change. And so that's why there is this seismic shift going on because consumers want to buy from companies that have a greater mission and greater purpose. And then uh, people want to work with and, and for companies that have a greater purpose and mission. So it's inside out and outside in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. And I, I think just even bringing up the fact that you have to think about those things when you're creating brands, even if you're not fully, you know, in bed with a cause right now. And we have a, another client and she did this really well. I think she she went for an eco positioning. Um, her brand is unwasted, right? So basically it's about saving, you know, crap that goes back into, you know, it's all about recyclable stuff. But she made sure that her packaging 
was not over-engineered. It's fully recyclable. Every piece of that product is recyclable. Whereas a lot of people might not even think like that. They're just like, yeah, I I really, you know, want to sell stuff to this audience because it's a trend versus really holistically thinking about the customer, as you said, and what they would think when they actually receive it. And even like, not even like, you know, it's it's funny, um, you know, Amazon would be under this piece, which is DTC, right? Direct to consumer. I think our words are so important too, right? Like as we, like, like just this word consumer, like that doesn't really bring a lot of consciousness to who we're serving. So, you know, customer is a little bit better, but even like direct to community or direct to, um, I don't know, like, you know, to keep DTC as the acronym. So, you know, direct to community is even better because now what do you do with the community? You nourish them and support them and, and bring them together about something more. And, and they also help nourish you. So they can be helping you come up with better ways of packaging, better ways of marketing, becoming your biggest advocates and so forth. And, and not just quote unquote, consuming your, your product. And I love, you know, when you're talking about unwasted because it's, it, it's huge. Like there's uh, one company for ocean that, that got really, really big uh, that just sells these bracelets that are made out of recycled plastic um, pulled out of the waterways. And they had a very specific kind of end result. It was, you know, one pound of plastic is pulled out for every single bracelet. It is a very good story. And now they've pulled it out. I have to go back and look, but something like 15 million uh, pounds, like so 15 million bracelets sold, right? Like, and, and I'm sure there's a pretty decent margin on these, on these bracelets. And, and people want to have something that shows, again, that they've transformed their identity and can show that they're, they're advocating and supporting something. And so you, you want to think about it across the entire way that, that you're looking at it. So there's five ways that I mentioned before that you can start thinking about it. So one is supply chain that we're kind of talking about. So that could be like packaging or other suppliers, like what are they doing? Um, one is the talent within the organization. How do we apply that? Um, what is the actual product or service? How do we bake that in? How do we utilize our voice and, and distribution? Because I think that a lot of times we can become uh, lighthouses to others within our industry because they're going to look at what we're doing and be like, yeah, I, I want to do more of this. Um, sometimes it's from a competitive landscape of, wow, they're doing really good in sales, which is great because that, that's going to help everyone. But also from just, you know, people want to genuinely make a difference. Like that's, that, and and as long as they realize that they're not, their business is not going to suffer, which it won't, it'll only go up. Uh, and, and so those are, those are some of the ways that, that you can really have that, that piece. And the other one is called empowered employment. So bringing in people that, that might be looked at as a disadvantage and turning them into an advantage. Um, the, it's not as, uh, applicable to, uh, well, uh, this one company actually went, they, they stopped because of a technic technicality. They were a, um, a purse manufacturer. Uh, this woman had hand crocheted purses. And, and they were really well done. And she like was taught by her grandmother how to do that. And then people were like, oh, this is really amazing. You know, can I buy some? And then it turned into her like selling it and she didn't want to source it out in China. And she's like, well, I'm going to go to a local nursing home and, and hire uh, elderly people to go crochet these, these, these purses. Mm-hmm. And, and so was, they actually had, you know, a tremendous amount of purpose now because they felt really great about about doing that and it was a better story for the product mm. and what's what's really sad is they got shut down by the department of labor because of a technicality for something about about how they were 
they were being paid like they couldn't get paid per unit or something like that so they oh couldn't get God. paid they had to get paid per hour like and it just didn't work for their it was just it was really sad but but the yeah. story and the way it works you know that empowered employment is really really powerful yeah no that's awesome i love that story um i think it was yeah i saw one recently what was it it was they were employing um uh, disabled veterans um but in the survival niche, right? So kind of helping them to, um, helping ordinary people with the training that these guys had had, but are able to actually feel like they're kind of useful again, for want of a better term, right? Yeah. Because they feel like they had this purpose and it was kind of taken away from them. I love it. Yeah, send that to me. Uh, you know, one of my favorites is this company called Ultra, uh, Ultra Testing, and they employ people on the autism spectrum scale. Uh, because they do quality control testing across different browser platforms and iOS and different things because, you know, it, it stereotypically, and, and, and it kind of bears out as, as people on that spectrum want things that have more, they have more attention to detail, more repetitive tasks that they're happy with and so forth. So it becomes a competitive advantage for that company. And that's where it's, you know, really, really exciting. Yeah, that's brilliant. So I can imagine like a lot of people, light bulbs are going off, right? They're like, oh my God, I could do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. So how do they... I'm assuming they don't have to start their own cause, right? They can work, as we've just said, with other people. So how do they do that? What's the best way to kind of get people on that track? And how do they start contacting people and positioning themselves? Yeah, there, I mean, you're going to, you know, again, it depends on what the cause is and how it interconnects to what you're doing. Uh, but there's so many great nonprofits. And there's a couple of different databases where you can go see if you don't have any ideas, you can find some some charities that are well rated. Um, there's uh, there's Charity Navigator and I think uh, GuideStar is I think the other one. And then there's also a database called B1G1.com, which is a really good one where it they've they've already sort of vetted a bunch of nonprofits and they have a very specific thing that you can do. So for you know a dollar or fifty cents or five dollars, there's a very specific outcome or benefit that happens and, and it's, you know, searchable, like, you know, I care about water. So let's go find, you know, what, what's going on here. Uh, and, and a lot of nonprofits are very open to working with, with businesses. And, and also this can become another distribution channel for you. Um, you know, you can get them to, to mail their, their donor base or, or, you know, depending on how big they are, right. Like they're, they're more open to working with you. If you're, if they're a little smaller, a little more nimble, like if you go to, so for instance, one of my friends, they run a um, pretty big supplement company, BioTrust, and it's fascinating, you know, on their, it doesn't you know, apply to Amazon, but on their checkout process internally, they added a thing that said, um, donate what you want to make a wish. And th so they're not even donating, but they just added a donate what you want, kind of uh, just some radio buttons on it. And that increased their shopping cart conversion by 15%, uh, which was fascinating. Wow. And, and then they became the largest uh, donor to make a wish, but of their local area, Texas. And so when you work with bigger nonprofits, working with their smaller regional units, you actually can, can do more stuff with them for the most part. Uh, but there's so many great nonprofits that you want to partner with uh, that are looking for more ways of, of, of revenue beyond just donor revenue. And, and you come in like a, a you know, a, a white knight for them. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're willing to do some, some good stuff. And then you're as a creative marketer, you can be like, well, you know, do you want to put this into your, you know, quarterly newsletter? Do you want to, you know, do this? And again, it becomes a distribution channel, but it's a true partnership and it, and it works really well. Yeah. 
That's awesome. That's, uh, that's brilliant. I mean, I wouldn't have even had a clue where to start. So there's some awesome resources there for sure. Yeah. yeah and I think you have about, you said, I think you said 11 uh, transformational impact models. Right. And, you know, I think most of them, if not all of them can probably be applied to Amazon sellers, but can you kind of break those down just kind of quickly and, and then summarize what they are? So that way people can kind of understand and maybe think outside their own one layer of like, maybe if I just do a buy one, give one or something like that, what are the yeah, other? Yeah, I'll give a couple of them. Uh, buy one, give one is one. Um, that that notion of like what you were talking about, the sunglasses where it's like um, impact where, where you want. Like, so it's each thing has its own impact related to it. Uh, there's the donate what you want kind of model. Like we just talked about with, with the, the supplement sellers. There is the source matters. So you're really looking at the source of something. Um, the example that I, I really liked from that is a company called Elvis and Cress. And they're a UK company. They make uh, really cool goods out of uh, used fire hose. And, and so this fire hose would normally end up just in, the, in a landfill. And, and they're like, well, we can make some really cool things out of it. So they make belts out of it and, and, uh, and top kits and, and uh, keychains and so forth. So I, I have a belt, I have a wallet from them. And, and what, what, but the source matters. So not only are they going back to their source, but then 50% of their profits goes back to, to fire men and women charities. So it's like this really beautiful full loop. Uh, we talked about the four ocean kind of bracelet so that there's a direct impact based on what, what is bought. So that one pound of trash, um, there's another company that does something similar, which I really love, which is all about the, the waterways as well. And they're, they've become a pretty big e-commerce company, um, United by Blue. And so every single one of their products, they remove a pound of trash from the world's ocean ways and, and, uh, and, and waterways. Uh, obviously, a percentage or, or a dollar amount is, is another way of doing it. And there's, so there's, there's quite a few that empowered employment that we talked about, like bringing in people like you're like, Kirstie, you're talking about the, the wounded uh, veterans and, and then employing them in some way. Um, so that's, that's one of the other ways. Uh, another one is this eco system thinking. So it gets a little, a little more complicated, but this is for those that want to build out multiple brands and multiple ways that they can have a difference where they're all also supporting each other. Um, and you're building out a little bit more of like a vertically integrated, healthy ecosystem. Gotcha. Well, there's quite a lot there then. <laughs> so yeah. if anybody's thinking, how can I do it? And I think people might be thinking, well, how, I think a lot of people, when they think about this stuff, they think about nonprofit, right? And so maybe you can just talk a little bit about that, because I know that's something that when you were going through this, you were like, well, actually, it doesn't have to be a nonprofit enterprise. In fact, sometimes it might be better if it is for profit because everybody benefits. How yeah. That? I mean, I, I, I don't, uh, I, I think that it makes sense to partner with nonprofits um, because let them do the best work that they can do on the ground. And then your job is to, to sell more and market more and, and, and give them more resources to do their, their great work. And then also it creates more stories for you that you can share with your community that, that they can share. Um, so like allow, I think that Evolved Enterprise really allows these unusual partnerships to start forming. And, and again, it's like, you also have these halo, like imagine, you know, using, utilizing influencers or utilizing people with, with big reach and footprints and whatever your space is like. So 
Isaac, the person that you mentioned with the, the sunglasses, like all of a sudden they can activate a lot of people that they could never activate before if they just had a regular sunglass brand. Yep, exactly. Yeah. No, I love that because I think that is a limitation for a lot of people. I think they believe that it needs to be, they don't shouldn't make any money because we've spoken to people where they've literally set up their business to help some, some other cause and believe it should be a nonprofit. So I think it's, it's, a, it's good to kind of distinguish the two. For sure. Yeah, and you need to stay in business in order to continue making that impact that you want to make. So you have to, you know, and this is sort of a, you know, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer or right or wrong, you know, number or percentage because it's all going to vary. But, but again, if you go out of business then you're not able to do any more impact that, that you want to make. So, so it has yeah. to be something that you're excited about that you feel like you're compensated for fairly and you're, you know, you're excited to grow it more and it doesn't feel like a burden or it doesn't feel like you're, um, I don't know, like you're sacrificing really. Yeah. No, I love that. And you talked to, right at the beginning, we talked about transformation, but then you talked about transcending. Yeah. So what does, what does that mean? Well, transcending to me is like looking at our, our business and saying, what, what could it really be beyond what we, we think it is? And that's, you know, that ultra testing to me is a good example of that because what they're really doing is their mission is about showing how neurodiversity is a, is a benefit. And, and yeah. so, you know, it's not just really a business anymore. There's something more that that's coming forth um, and on all these different facets of, of impact. Um, there's a, a company in India called Miracle Courier, and they utilize people who are deaf to deliver packages and, and letters and so forth. And then every time they deliver something, there's a note that comes with it that says, you know, talking about deaf people. And in India, there's a lot of um, just segregation there about that. Uh, if, you know, if, if you have a disability like that, you're, you're really looked down upon, but, but now it's like a, a way of like championing them and, you know, putting them in a new light in some way. Uh, so, so again, like utilizing our business to, to bring about a little bit more higher consciousness. And if you look at every opportunity, you know, there's so many, I don't know, I don't like the word, we'll think of a better word, but there's so many transactions or interactions maybe with customers and community that you have all these spots that you can actually plant these seeds. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that gets really fascinating to look at it from that, that lens. Yeah. No, I like that because I don't think probably a lot of people think that way. They want to maybe help someone, but don't, don't make that connection between, well, actually by doing that and raising awareness and building my business and getting, you know, more people aware, then you're actually raising the awareness of the thing that you're actually helping out in the first place as well. Right. Yeah. There's uh, there's so many bigger ways. So um, there's, there's a company I really like in Pacific, it's called Pacific. They make uh, packaged uh, goods like soups and so forth. And so you can also start thinking about like, what's, what's sort of the superpower that we have within our business and how do we apply it? So theirs is taking food, turning into packaged uh, soups and, and goods that, that stay that are non-perishable. So they work with a food bank and they take in all their food for one month. They shut down their production line, which, you know, costs them X amount. And then but what's exciting is the team comes together and is like, oh, what's, what recipes can we make with all this stuff that we now have that's different than our normal ingredients? And, and then they turn that into non-perishable uh, packaged foods that then get back into the food bank. And so they're able to save like something like 200,000 pounds of food from, from going bad, um, I think, every year. So it's like using your super talent within the organization. So maybe you're great at X, Y, Z. Why not say, hey, we can, we can do something more 
that uses this talent within our organization. And that's part of this healthy ecosystem as well is, is you know, maybe there's, there's not always a place for team members to elevate to, but imagine if they had an opportunity to work on things that they really cared about. And maybe some of them would then be creating more brands for you within your own Amazon ecosystem or whatever you're doing. And then yeah. they become part owners in it for something that they really care about and can make a difference. Like you could really build something out. That's, that's really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. There's an, a, an interesting, I don't know, you might've come across this one, but there's one in um, Sydney in Australia and they take the food that gets chucked out by other restaurants. So, you know, they won't, you know, they're going to get rid of it after a day or something and they repurpose it and they feed the homeless with that food. And so yeah. they just go around all the restaurants at night, you know, and the, the homeless are getting some awesome, I don't know, foie gras or whatever, yeah. but, you know, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a really awesome way to take the waste and turn it into something valuable. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of that source matters uh, model and concept of looking at what, what is waste um, and, and what, what could be reutilized for. There's, there's a company that takes, uh, all the, you know, so much coffee is being sold, but it's also, it's only the bean, right? But there's something called the cherry that's out, outside of it. And so now this company is taking all that waste and turning it into cherry flour um, and, and then oh, they wow. utilize it. And, and there's like another company that's gotten pretty big with uh, like rotten bananas, not rotten, but rotting bananas that can't be sold as, as perfect bananas. But then they take that and they're like, oh, let's, let's sort of let them rot even more and they turn them into dried bananas and they built a really nice business out of it. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. I actually saw a company that I think it, they took the, the cherries from the coffee and turned it into like uh, compost. So that way they could fertilize a bunch of farms or something right. like that somewhere. So yeah. yeah, there's so many great ways of, of doing things. And, and again, like your, your, or your community, we're not going to call them consumers. Your community wants to, wants to buy from from companies that are doing things in, in this innovative way and they want to share it because it makes them look good right like yeah. like you always also think about like what's their way that they can signal that they're a you know a good person in some way and and people do want to be good people if they have the choice and they they choose with their wallet so it's like if you can let them utilize that aspect too it's going to help grow your business as well yeah and i think the really cool thing here is i'm going to kind of just use this phrase, because I, I, it seems like you're giving business owners the permission to, to be superheroes in the world, right? Like they can mm. actually make a positive change if they just thought about how their business could actually do something. Um, so I really like that, that, you know, a lot of people won't ever think about this stuff, but then there's, there's always the, the part where they have to make good on the, the stuff that they do, right? Or the stuff that they say that they're going to do. And there's some logistical problems with that. Um, you know, people are probably, thinking, hey, I want to do really, really good in the world, but I'm also in my business day to day. I'm bogged down in it. I'm thinking about what I got to do in my business. Where am I going to have time to either donate money, volunteer time, clean up this thing, do that thing? And, and maybe it just kind of slips their mind or what, do you have any kind of advice on to how to keep this top of mind, how to like make sure that the the, the promise is coming good and not just say something and, and, and make it actually happen? Yeah. So I, I believe in experiments and so maybe you're like, well, this looks like a lot. Like, I don't know if I can do, like you're saying, you know, I have, a, I have a lot of hats I'm wearing, but imagine if you had, even if it's like, you know, we could break it down to the smallest aspect. Like, let's say we run a, a sale for a month or two weeks or a week and say, you know, for this product, this time period, we're going to blah, blah, blah. And this is going to happen. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, this really, really worked because there's nothing better than seeing it work that drives momentum within 
for you and your organization and everyone. You're like, well, we want to do more of this. Um, so it doesn't have to be we're going to overhaul everything that we're doing. It could be let's let's try this one thing or let's create a new brand that only has this baked in from the very beginning. Or, you know, let's let's say we're going to, I don't know, like add two dollars or a dollar or three dollars to our to our cost uh, and then see what happens. Like, you know, to me, all these are experiments. Right. So so you're you also have the opportunity to make up your own rules. And um, but but I, I think the best part is seeing it work. And that way you want to do more and more of it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. brilliant. And in terms of say, so you, you actually sparked something in my in my brain there, funnily enough. Um, it doesn't happen often. But um, you know, there's a lot of um, there might be two ways to look at this. There's a lot of people out there that distrust big organizations, say, like Amazon, right? Because they believe that they're doing bad in the world because there's a lot of products that, you know, um, that are just going into landfill, you know, that, that kind of like massive. Yeah. So how does an Amazon seller, you know, someone who sells on Amazon kind of, could they turn that into an advantage in, I know it sounds weird because it's almost a disadvantage, but is there a way to think about it differently? Do you think in terms of a distribution channel? Yeah, I mean, that's a bigger philosophical question for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's so fascinating because I love Amazon and I also hate Amazon. Yeah. Uh, not hate, I don't know. It's just, just like they, you know, I, I sometimes I look at our at our garage and I'm like, holy crap, we have so many boxes. And, and then you think about, you know, the transportation costs that went into that and 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 the amount of trees that, you know, turned into those boxes and, and so forth. And, and, and then it's like, you know, what am I doing to contribute to this, this issue in some way, but then also mm-hmm. the convenience and the, you know, amazing factor that Amazon has done to really make them this massive category um, for, for everything. So it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, and, and so, you know, I have, for instance, I have one friend, who they won't sell anything on Amazon because they're like, I don't believe in, in these multinationals and I want to sell only my products off of our own website. We control everything. Uh, we can control our supply chain, which is all local. Um, and, and this is what we do. And do they lose sales? Probably, but, but they also you know, have to decide what, what is in their own value set and, and so forth. Others can be like, well, we want to have Amazon as a channel and then we want to have you know, this as a channel. And then maybe we use customer use Amazon as our, our community acquisition tool, but then we move them into our own platform where we have more control over X, Y, Z. Um, it, it's a yeah. difficult question, hundred um, percent. I don't know if there's, there is a, a great, a great answer for it. Um, yeah. I don't think they're probably, I just spark you just sparked it in me because we do get a lot of, um, even, you know, we run ads for real and things like that. We get a lot of people, right. um, as you can imagine, you know, commenting on there about how evil Amazon is. And I'm like, oh, is it evil? What? You know, and then you kind of start to think, you know, dissect where that sentiment is coming from. And I think one of the core things that um, I get asked a lot is, but what about supporting local, right? And I say, so what I say to people is, I say, well, okay, but does it matter if I'm, selling literally in the place where I live or I'm a local business owner that sells 
some stuff, sells my business on Amazon because I'm still a third party seller. I'm not part of the Amazon. I'm part of the Amazon ecosystem, but I don't work for Amazon. If you right. Well, you can also incorporate, you know, is there a way to incorporate as much as you can, you know, this empowered employment or, or think about your supply chain? Like what, what could we do that, you know, maybe we're not sourcing this from, from here, but we're sourcing it from, from here. And also you want to share that story too. Like, like I think there's probably pieces that we're all doing in our business that are impactful, but we're not sharing that story too. So be transparent about that uh, and be willing to, to share that uh, because, you know, instead of being like, oh, people don't care about that. They, they do if you tell them about it and, and it becomes another piece of the criteria that as they're looking at, yeah. at your product or service. So, you know, like that, that story about the, the, the handbags that are crocheted, like that's a really, really interesting piece instead of it being like, you know, they're just mass manufactured somewhere. Yeah. And I think maybe just that, just to, I think sometimes we shy away from saying that we are a, you know, one person, two person business owner, um, because we feel like we need to be bigger than Ben Hur, right? To actually, yeah. kind of, you know, be proven, if you like. So it actually might be an advantage to say, well, no, I'm just, I'm making a living like everyone else. I've created this thing. I really want to create a community. I really want you got, you know, as my community to mm-hmm. um, get value from this. And I'll, I'll welcome any feedback and try and, you know, weave that into your Amazon business processes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And then also, you know, when there's enough uh, momentum from other Amazon sellers that are doing X, Y, Z, that are looking at their packaging, that are looking at, you know, other things, maybe they're providing different inserts that, that can ride along and, and do X, Y, Z. So I think there could be a, a shift that it can also happen in the Amazon community of, of what, you know, just there, there's a lot of ways that you can make a difference. And, and as long as they continue helping your business, and then other companies will look at it too and be like, yeah, we want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen like a couple of um, Amazon companies or companies that sell on Amazon provide their own built-in packaging like that can be shipped as is so they don't need to be put into another box. So there's okay. some stuff like that that kind of helps save some of the extra waste, but it's not it's not often. And, and, and you know, sometimes those people will use like upcycled materials or other kind of stuff like that. Um, but I haven't seen anybody, you know, be able to find a way to say, hey, look, I only want to ship my products if another product's purchased. So that way then I can save the transportation kind of like carpooling your products together, but right. that'd be kind of cool if that was a possibility. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think there's opportunity in a lot of ways for that. So, so you're saying Isaac, that they won't ship in the Amazon box. They'll just ship in their own. Yeah, correct. Zero. So it's basically their packaging is I love that. a shippable box. Right. And then if there's enough, you know, Amazon vendors that, that can say, Hey, we want to ship in this box. And, and so there's a, there's a company, there's a guy that I met uh, in Florida who created, it's kind of similar ish in a way with, they created this, uh, this, you know, the six pack rings for beers. Yep. Uh, they were, they were a brewer and they, they created one that could be eaten by sea turtles and eaten by you know fish or whatever and, and decompose in the water. And they got like a massive amount of publicity around it. And, and, and then they created like a spin out company that license that to Corona starting with, I don't know if it's an exclusive license or not, but then, you know, they, it's like, you could, you could use that and be like, all right, well, we're going to create this spinoff or we're going to create this other thing that then sells to other companies because it's good for them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's good for us. It's good for the environment. So like, there's a lot of ways of going there. And, yeah. and I think it'd be fascinating too, because as you get more and more companies doing that, you get your cost of goods down as well. You can get, you know, that packaging now. 
Yeah. Ever since that came out, I can't believe that there's anybody who uses plastic rings for their six packs anymore. Makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. Exactly. Awareness and cost. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. And if we can get costs down to where it's negligible or the, you know, I mean, I even think the, the end user is willing to pay more and that's what's, that's proving out and in, in these stats that are coming out. So even if they're paying the same or, or more, um, because of that that impact story yeah awesome well Maver maverick i was gonna call you maverick because uh -huh. <laughs> i was thinking about maverick uh yannick we're gonna add a link obviously to maverick 1000 and your awesome book evolved enterprise as well in the show notes below um but if the audience has got any questions for you is there a way to contact you or the organization in any way um, I don't know. I'm on Instagram at Yannick Silver. Um, I blog occasionally at yannicksilver.com, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe you and I and Isaac will figure out something that we do a brainstorming session once a month for Amazon sellers or something like that, or oh, I don't know, awesome. like that would be, that'd be really fun to do. We'll, we'll yeah. figure out something. that would be totally awesome. And have you got anything else that you were like, you know what, I really wanted to say this on the podcast today and leave, leave people with a message or a tip or something that they can think about that's really helped you and other people? No, just this idea that we have more leverage than we think and we have more influence in more ways. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm one little Amazon seller. Well, not necessarily. If you're doing something really interesting, you have an opportunity to become a, a beacon and, and a lighthouse to others. And then imagine the ripples that you're going to have and even the byproducts that you might not even know are going to happen that could be spinoff companies or even within your organization for like we talked about, like people within your organization that want to build their own Amazon brands and you provide the, the, the space for them to do that along with the cause that they care about. So there's a lot of ways that you could leverage the unique skills and talents and, and what you're doing beyond just thinking of yourself as just one little Amazon seller. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. Well, thank you again, Yannick, very much for being here today. Um, it's obviously great for you to be able to share the the business superpowers that we all have that we can use for good. And, you know, it's great, you know, for you to share these insights and strategies to our, 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 you know, our members, our, our community about how they can actually use their Amazon business to create that transformational model and, and transcending model and not just have that customer to, you know, business to customer mindset or business to consumer mindset. So guys, if you like what you heard today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with friends who might get value out of it as well. Also get some free training on what it takes to have a successful business to feel your lifestyle. Head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. And we'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.